Good morning, everybody. You're tuning into the news and morning mixtape. It is Tuesday, August 22nd, and I'm your host, Mariana Schwetze, reporting from Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. In Toronto, TVO workers walk off job in station's first ever strike. Still in Canada, Trudeau's lambs Facebook for removal of news during wildfire season. In the U.S., Tropical Storm Hillary makes landfall in Baja, California. And in sports news, Spain beat England at final of this year's FIFA Women's World Cup and took home the prize. And then we'll hear from James with a new segment for Under the Radar. With all this news, let's get started. In Toronto, yesterday morning, unionized workers at TVO walked off their jobs. This marks the first strike in the publicly funded television network's long history. The Canadian Media Guild, or CMG, which represents the employees, announced the strike effective as of 10.30 a.m. Monday. According to City News, dozens of journalists, producers, and education employees walked off their jobs yesterday. Many of them have been picketing outside of the TVO station at 2180 Young Street in Toronto. Some employees at the broadcaster are represented by Unifor and are not part of the current bargaining process. CMG said in a statement, We are deeply saddened to have not been able to reach a fair and reasonable agreement with our employer. CMG TVO branch president Meredith Martin spoke to City News from the picket lines Monday saying the current wage offer of 2.75, 2.5, 1.75 and 1.75% over four years is unacceptable in light of current inflation. According to City News, she said, we've been dealing with below inflation wage, wage increases for over a decade. Martin said the combination of wage and funding issues means employees are, quote, constantly being asked to do more with less do more with less, do more with less. Job security is also an issue, with Martin saying TVO is trying to keep employees in the education department on a contract basis, rather than offering them full-time jobs after two years of service. City News has reached out to TVO to respond to the union's grievances, but has not yet received a response. The Education Ministry has previously told City News that while it provides funding, it isn't involved in the negotiations. Martin says programming will likely be filled with repeats for the time being, but says there will be no new original programming on the TV or digital side while the strike is ongoing. Still in Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau took aim at Facebook parent company Meta on Monday, saying the company's move to remove news from its websites is, quote, putting corporate profits ahead of people's safety. Since the government passed C-18, legislation that requires companies like Facebook and Google to strike revenue-sharing deals with news publishers, Meta has pulled news stories from both Facebook and Instagram Canadian users. This prevents users from sharing links to websites. According to the National Post, this has continued during ongoing wildfires, which are threatening both Kelowna, British Columbia, and Yellowknife, and prevented anyone in Canada from sharing news about the fires. Trudeau said the company's decision to remove news content is unfathomable. He said, quote, Right now, in an emergency situation where up-to-date local information is more important than ever, Facebook's putting corporate profits ahead of people's safety, ahead of supporting quality local journalism, he said. Trudeau and his cabinet are in Prince Edward Island for a three-day cabinet retreat 
where they are set to focus on issues like housing and the economy, according to the National Post. The Prime Minister said Emergency Preparedness Minister Harit Sajjan is staying in British Columbia to help with the federal response to the fires, which includes sending members of the military to help. In the United States, Hillary, a tropical storm hit Southern California. This is the first time in 84 years that a tropical storm has hit the area. According to the Canadian press, this storm has swept people into swollen rivers, toppled trees onto homes, and flooded broadways as the massive system marched northward Monday, prompting flood watches and warnings in more than a half a dozen states. The National Hurricane Center in Miami said Hillary had lost much of its team. Only vestiges of the storm are now heading over the Rocky Mountains. The Hurricane Center also warned that, quote, continued life-threatening and locally catastrophic flooding was expected over portions of the southwestern U.S. following record-breaking rainfall. Hillary first slammed into Mexico's Arid Baja California Peninsula as a hurricane, causing one death and widespread flooding before becoming a tropical storm one of several potentially catastrophic natural events affecting California on Sunday. Still according to the Canadian press, besides the tropical storm which produced tornado warnings, there were wildfires and a moderate earthquake north of Los Angeles. So far, no deaths, serious injuries, or extreme damages have been reported in the state, though officials warn their risks remain, especially in the mountainous regions where the wet hillsides could unleash mudslides. And now onto sports news, Spain took the prize at the FIFA Women's World Cup. The team scored 1-0 against England during the final match of the soccer tournament in Sydney, Australia. Olga Carmona, whose goal won the Women's World Cup for Spain on Sunday, learned after the final of her father's death. According to the Canadian press, he had been ill and died while Carmona's mother and other relatives traveled to Australia to watch her play in the final. The Federation said early Monday, without giving more detail on the cause of death. The family decided to wait until after the title celebrations to give Carmona the news. Before the news of the death of Carmona's father, the Federation said the title celebrations will take place after the squad's arrival in Madrid on Monday night. Carmona scored with a left-footed strike in the 29th minute to give Spain a 1-0 victory over England. She had also scored a late winner in a La Roja's 2-1 win over Sweden in the semifinals to become the first player since American Carly Lloyd in 2015 to score in a World Cup semifinal and final. Well, that was it for me today, and I'll leave it with James for Under the Radar. Good morning. I'm James Casa, and every week I'm going to bring you a local news story happening now in Toronto that may be flying under your radar. This week, our story focuses on the displacement of encampment residents across Toronto, and specifically the recent displacement of several living in a small encampment downtown. Firstly, what is an encampment? The Canadian Human Rights Commission uses the phrase temporary outdoor campsites on public property. Most notably, these are often tents, pitched in areas like parks, parquets, green spacing along roads, vacant lots, and in urban wooded areas, such as the Don Valley. Encampments are often the most visible symptom of a system in which housing is not available to all. Encampments in urban areas, including Toronto, are not a new phenomenon. Although they got worse during and after the COVID-19 pandemic, they have been around as long as cities themselves. Currently, the largest encampment in Toronto is found in Allen Gardens, just east of downtown. According to city officials, around 64 temporary structures, mostly tents, are found on the site. 
It is not shocking that encampments are a controversial and delicate subject. There is a constant battle between supporters and non-supporters, as well as a constant hunt for a solution. Lorraine Lamb, an outreach and case manager working with the homeless, among other groups, has been keeping track of how the city has been dealing with encampments over the past few years. Along with more well-known aggressive clearouts of encampments at Trinity Bellwoods and Lampart Stadium over the pandemic, Lamb shows three other examples of clearouts and how the city got around legal barriers. At a park near Young and Charles in 2020, Lamb alleges the city used the excuse of park revitalization to fence off the parks and remove residents, then reopen them shortly after. Other times, Lamb claims the city has used arborism and pipe maintenance in other parks to achieve the same process and same end results. Now, she says, it's happened again. On College Street, in between Spadina and Bathurst, resides St. Stephen's, a historic Anglican church with a neighboring small green space. This green space was home to a small encampment. Lamb claims on Twitter that the church and residents of the encampment got along in good faith. Yet, earlier this week, the city closed the park and evicted residents under the guise of arborism, which is the study-slash-removal of trees. Lamb reports that on August 11th, the city promised the residents they could return to the encampment when work on arborism is completed. However, shortly after work was complete, a cop car sat in front of the church, and officers within it would block and prevent anyone from encamping on the land. Shelters in the city are at capacity, and last month over 200 people were turned away from shelters every night on average. And now for some of them, they may not even be able to return to where they've been staying. For Met Radio, I'm James Kaza, and this has been Under Your Radar. With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm Marina Schwitze for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto.